This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Alright, I'm rolling. Rolling. One, two, three, four. Test. Yep, I'm TV8 going. My Dinner! What now? <laughs> what is not working this week? This show is such a disaster. Well, alright, we'll just do our best. We only got one episode out this year without just completely spiraling into total destruction. All right, well, we'll just, we'll just power through it and hope for the best. All righty. All right, you guys ready? I'll start it. Okay, I'm rolling. Yeah. You now, you just now? Oh, for, well, never mind, whatever. Well, I stopped and started again. Right. Because of the audacity thing, you're just... Just, just go. <laughs> Why do you just always have to go against the... All right. I'm not an open-minded guy And I won't even try to pretend I am I love Top 40 Radio The only way to go if you're a love song fan Sean, I am sitting here with Greg and Lynn and Tracy. Hey. Hello. <laughs> a very ambitious show tonight, considering our, our lack of skill lately with the technical things to attempt we're, to have. We're really four stretching the capability the of the bubble gum that we use to hold this thing together. Yeah, really. So sort of. Smack yeah. together with duct tape. <laughs> exactly. It's yes. Yeah, gaffer tape. <laughs> no, we can't even afford I'm gaffer tape. <laughs> gaffer tape's expensive. It's like gaffer tape is for professionals. Yeah. When, <laughs> That's when, why it's when I go buy it for work, it's like fifteen bucks US. You, know, you uh, get to Walmart and get some duck tape. Not even duct, just duck brand tape. <laughs> That's what we can have. I'm actually kind of an expert when it comes to duct tape. You know that I mean, getting the expensive duct tape sort of defies the purpose. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's really about volume. They're, they're, well, not really. I mean, because the uh, the big lots cheapy duct tape actually functions better for gaffer work than the expensive duct tape because um, because it comes up easy. So you know, gaffer tape is made to stick, but it's also made to come loose when you when you're ready to to break down. And uh, and the cheap duct tape actually does better than the expensive duct tape. So your experience tape. with duct tape, does that go back to like days of boffing? Or is there a professional Well, you know, no, we, you know sometimes in a pinch, you know, we've, so we've went and bought duct tape on a production, costume. that kind of thing. You know, it, it works. You know, it's just what not the best What is that you stuff. wear at work? That, that animal costume? What, what's your mascot? What's that? What's that <laughs> mascot Can you on Facebook, Greg? You oh, you mean the golden eagle? I don't know. It's a bird or something. It's a golden eagle. I thought it was a duck. Not a duck. It's definitely not a duck. You look at it. You know. Was that a chicken? Oh, oh. So, 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 so you will so you start speaking ill of the golden eagle. Oh, you guys got to fight again. I had enough of that. I, I, I am I am proud to don the. I am proud to wear the costume of the golden eagle. Hey, I got nothing against it. I I actually I have a, an actual duck hmm. suit. I'm not surprised. He's just jealous that I have fun <laughs> on my job. Well, that is true that I don't have fun in my job, so maybe. So there you All go. right. We have no idea what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely none. Well, let's Already talk about the it. Golden Globes first. That, that would be interesting. Okay, good. Ah. Lynn was saying. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, yeah, tell me, because I, I never watched that stuff, so I'm, I'm completely uninformed. Well, go ahead, Lynn. Ricky Gervais. Stunk up oh. the place. <laughs> what yeah. did he win for? He didn't win. He was. He no, didn't he win anything. Host. He was hosting. Yeah. And he was absolutely oh. <laughs> awful. Oh really? In my opinion, he was. was. He I don't funny? know what you think. He made some rather pointed jokes, but I thought those jokes were all pre-written anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you this: they usually are pre-written, and they're usually pre-written by morons. <laughs> so well, almost I mean, hosting anything like that is usually a nightmare job because it almost always is awful. What's the guy in it that get Bruce guy? Who? Don't know what you're talking about. The the, the guy that that looks like one of the Flintstones characters that Whoopi and Billy Crystal are always. They made a movie about him called Get Bruce. Mm. Never heard Bruce of it. I, no. I never know. But no, no but, don't make me bring the internet into this. I was just saying I didn't think he was funny. <laughs> but, Ricky, but did you uh, see I mean, the, the Did you see the intro that he that he did for uh, the Golden Globes like he made jokes about Mel Gibson, he made jokes about uh, John Travolta. Like they were pretty pretty ballsy jokes. I, I thought they were just inappropriate. I mean, I know I'm probably a little more conservative than most, but I, I don't see why you got to do that to be funny. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, the, the best one that, that he did, I thought, was when Bruce Willis came out and he introduced him as Ash, Ashton Kutcher's dad. I mean, that was pretty <laughs> funny. <I thought. laughs> but, uh, but you know, by that time he'd already pissed off so many people. I don't know. You know, probably everybody was pretty ill with him. Bruce Valanche, by the way. Hmm. That's the name of the not funny guy. He used to write the Oscar jokes and things like that. Oh, the big fat guy. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like Captain Caveman. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But no, uh, Ricky Gervais wrote his own jokes, and apparently he didn't tell the foreign press, the people who put on the, the Golden Globes. He said he didn't. In a, he, he did an interview with Conan O'Brien earlier in the I week. That. And um, he said that they hadn't seen what he was going to say. Uh, but he did have to tell them uh, 
about an opening he wanted to do. This now this is from Conan O'Brien. He said this that he uh, he wanted to come out at the beginning in a Hitler costume. Oh my god! I heard about this too. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, uh, that's a great idea. Well, you know, he was going to do the the high Hitler thing and everything, and come out. And of course, every, you know, everybody would be shocked and probably would not laugh. And yeah, you know, and he Hitler never really got laughs. <laughs> well, and then he was going to come up and say, "Well, was this too much? Well, this is the last time I borrow a suit from Mel Gibson." Yeah, was the joke. Uh, I don't think that would have gotten laughs. I don't either. I think that would have went over <laughs> dud. <laughs> I think that, that might have brought the show. But anyway, to I mean, I've seen I've seen other hosts do this kind of thing. Chris Rock does it like at the MTV Music Awards and stuff like that. Just insults people that are in the audience. And well, it's fun because they're celebrities, and who cares? Well, it's not. Fun I don't know because who, you know it, it makes For, me uncomfortable to watch it, and it's got to be uncomfortable in the room. You know, <laughs> I don't know. To don't me, know. it seems like Ricky Gervais just didn't care the entire time. Like he was just doing his job and wanted to get out of there. So. I don't know. Uh, that's another reason I just don't like award shows. It's all just fake and put on. It's like it's it's inappropriate to make fun of them, but then it's okay to get like a whole room from them together so they can all just congratulate each other over how awesome they are that they rule the universe. <laughs> but if we make a joke about any of them, like oh my god, that was so awkward. Well, I think I think you can do it tastefully. Well, most of them don't win the awards. Most of them are just sitting there pretending like they didn't care. I'm looking at their faces when they don't win. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the true character comes out when they're just like, what the? <laughs> it's like you can see it. Like you've been muted. <laughs> that, that what? Like that year. I thought it handled Hill, it quite well. Who was it? Carrie Underwood won over Faith Hill one year at the Country Music Awards. <laughs> Faith Hill was just like, what? <laughs> They actually had to backpedal. The PR people had to come out. No, 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 no. She's just joking. She, of course, she didn't think it was absurd for an American Idol to win over her. That was a funny moment in Tropic Thunder. At the end of Tropic Thunder, where uh, uh, you know Tropic Thunder wins the award, and John Voight was one of the nominees. And you know, I mean, it's fake, but it's funny because he, John Voight, just got that look on his face, like what, what the hell. <laughs> 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 Yeah. I want to put a wasp in your mouth. Yeah, really. They didn't hear my accent in Anaconda. John Voight's scary. <laughs> Have you He's seen scared. him in Dexter? He's really creepy. Oh, is he in Dexter? He's creepy in I haven't everything. seen the new season yet. He's also born in Rochester. <clears throat> Not, oh, really? Yeah, he was born in Rochester, but I think he moved to like Chicago or something when he was a kid. Didn't know that. He is good and scary. They Philip Seymour Hoffman's from they Rochester had, too. Oh, look, creepy. Let's go last year on Dexter. That was that was fun. It was super creepy. Almost uh, well, similar to, to Raising Cain. Yeah, he's so good at playing a crazy guy. That Raising Cain is a great movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we were going to talk about. <laughs> like oh, I'm annoyed. None of the Australians won anything. None of our Aussie girl, wit, guys and girls won anything. <laughs> makes me upset. Don't think we'd cover it at all. Wait, who did win? I, I, I wasn't paying attention. Australian. All of Australia is now annoyed. <laughs> who? All of Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do well anyway. Get your own Golden Globes. Stop, stop coming over here and stealing our accents. 
no, Aussies are really good at taking the American accent, and then they just blend in and take all our Oscars. They'll be back. Where's Russell Crowe this year? Oh, I guess Russell Crowe was in Robin Hood. That's the movie he's been in. Well, that, that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It was summer. Well, it was last year in that it was like in 2010, but it was a summer movie. It wasn't a good movie. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't even a Robin Hood movie, really. It wasn't a Robin Hood movie. I would, I would. You know what's funny about that is I was watching this movie and, and I'm watching the whole time because I Netflixed it. I'll give it a chance even though it looked stupid. And I'm watching it the whole time and, and I'm saying, you know what, this is the plot of A Knight's Tale. <laughs> like the, how they have to like pretend to be mm-hmm. knights to sneak back home. Like this is just like A Knight's Tale. Even the characters are like the characters from A Knight's Tale where he has his two compatriots. Like Little John and Will Scarlet are like at, in the war with him. Like every Robin Hood redo has more and more of them being war heroes in the Crusades. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm like, this is just like that. Then at the end of the movie, it's it's written by Brian Helgeland who wrote A Knight's Tale. <laughs> what? That's crap. <laughs> are you kidding me? Cash in the end, baby. Good. God. Yeah, he's like, well, no one watched A Knight's Tale. <laughs> It's not my fault, I man. So I, just I thought had it the was good. I liked I, it you know, too. Change, change the names, and there you go. I enjoyed that movie. I did not enjoy Robin Hood. I think I have much to tell you about history, about your history. Your father was a visionary. What did he see? Someday, I'll be a knight. Yes, William. If he believes enough, a man can do anything. We could do this. That's something that we need to do. We're coming archers, Rob. In one month, we could be on our way to glory and riches none of us ever dreamed of. You can't even joust. I think he's getting worse. He is getting worse. I won't spend the rest of my life as nothing. You have to be of noble birth to compete. So we lie. My lords! My ladies! Pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights. Robin, your father was a great man. You are your father's son. Are you ready to be who you are? I've waited my whole life for this moment. You're just a silly boy with a horse and a stick. If you so much as move to touch me, I will sever your manhood. It's called a lance. Hello? Robin Longstride, also known as Robin of the Hood. If the nobles find out who you are, they'll be the devil to pay. And pray that they don't. Ulrich von Lichtenstein is not who he appears to be. For the crimes of incitement to cause unrest, I declare him to be an outlaw! All who shelter him, their lives shall be taken on sight. They're gonna arrest you. A dozen royal guards. I love you. There's nothing else to do. Run, and I will run with you. I will not run! I'm a knight. I'm here to compete. Let's dance, you and I. Man, Paul Bettany. What's he doing lately? 
Oh my gosh. How far has he fallen? Yeah, he's been making a lot of crap movies lately. His Although, next movie is about a priest who hunts vampires, and it's by the same guy who made Legion. Oh, so terrible. So, probably not good. He's so awesome, though. He should be a Batman villain. Wouldn't he be an awesome Riddler? He'd be a great Riddler. Well, the Riddler's not going to be in the next movie. They've already confirmed that. That's okay. He'll be around Batman 4. That's all right. He can do the one after that. They got to bring in the Riddler sooner or later. Well, I thought they weren't going to do. I thought the third one was the final one. Uh, maybe the final one for Christopher Nolan, but oh, yeah, I yeah. The final Warner one. Brothers isn't going to be like, "That's it." For artistic reasons, <laughs> we're hanging up Batman. <laughs> I think a billion dollars is enough money for any corporation to sit on. They're all, obviously they, they're making a Spider-Man four with a different guy, so you know they don't care. Oh, but yeah, but of course, when they do this third Batman movie, of course, Christopher Nolan's three is like the classy number, and then he does a trilogy of Batman movies, and he goes on, and then everyone scrambles in in a panic as to who's going to ruin the franchise after he leaves. Look at Harry Potter. Like, Harry, every now and then, like, I'm blown away by this franchise that they're making eight movies. You know, that's a, a movie that spans a generation as a franchise. Like, kids are growing up with these movies. That's pretty impressive. But that already had material to base it off of. So. <laughs> but that presupposes that people can write books but not movies. How, how, why is it so? Movies are a lot easier to write than books. How come they can't write eight of those? How come they get to three and they're like, I'm stumped for ideas? It's like, you would be crap on TV. It's three stories and over. What do you mean movies. movies are easier to write? You can be a screenwriter and find a job somewhere writing because there's more being produced, but they're they're publishing fewer and fewer books. Everything has to be some blockbuster bestseller for you to become a known author. You can't just be – unless you become like a ghostwriter or some kind of genre. You know, write Dungeons & Dragons books or something. Then you're not out there just – on the dole as a as an author i'd write books if they paid me yeah okay no i would I write too. anything if they paid me i'd write twilight books if they paid me i don't blame <laughs> them for writing them I, I just don't understand why people read them i've got a friend whose sister just got published with a harlequin you know like the romance novel stuff which you know i know it sounds hokey but i'm like damn cool man that's awesome <laughs> why not and the the trouble with romance novels is you have to be descriptive while being discreet. <laughs> so there is a sort of an art to it, <laughs> as as evidenced by Juan. You can't just start saying stuff. You gotta have like uh, you gotta have a certain eloquence. Have they got any about vampire pirates? Because that sounds like a pretty good idea. I can't Vam- honestly say I've read one. I, I don't no. know. I mean. Was it called Vampirates? Does Penthouse Letters count? Have they used that yet? Vampires versus Pirates. Go. <laughs> we, can, we can bang this thing out during the show. Wait a minute. Of course they've done Vampires versus Pirates. The Vampires won. Remember? What? In Dracula. Uh, but that's... Yeah, but they didn't feature the Pirates well enough. I'm talking about... From a romantic standpoint, I want to see. I'm not talking about like Johnny Depp. Like a girl Dep. from a pirate family falls in love with a main vampire or something like exactly, that. Exactly, like a vampire lady and like a big Fabio-looking pirate <laughs> captain. <laughs> so we're it vampire. That's your that's your idea for the week, Hollywood vampire. 
Surely, pirates as a term has already been <laughs> taken. That's gold. That sounds awesome. That sounds. That sounds like that a that sounds awesome to me. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Fabio. Oh, what do you mean it doesn't have to be I'm Fabio? Sure you can find some. There's got to be some other beef-chested. But there you go. Anytime I think of Fabio, I can't help but think of the time a bird flew into his nose on a roller coaster. <laughs> I know, that's what everybody remembers him for now. <laughs> you never want that sort really, of thing I remember him for the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter commercials. <clears throat> but that's... What do you what? do? I Can't Believe It's Not Butter commercials. No, oh, he did, I those were those. <laughs> but that doesn't top taking a seagull to the face. <laughs> I think he did those here too. Yeah, those, I can't believe it's not butter. Oh yeah, yeah I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> See, that would be awesome if you could find that guy. Uh, did anybody see the cape? No. Am I the only no. one? No. I can't bring myself to watch those shows anymore. Yeah, me I too. Got... It looks just so hokey. This... I just... It is, but I actually kind of appreciated it because it wasn't trying to be gritty. I actually kind of was, you know, this I could buy into this because it was just like superhero fights a supervillain to save the city kind of stuff. Heroes was just getting on my nerves with how they're becoming bad guys all the time and turning on each other and all this. Like, you guys should not call this show Heroes. Is that show still on, Heroes? No. The, the Cape is sort of the replacement. NBC can only have a certain allotment of genre shows, so once they cancel one, they bring in another, or if they have one they want to do, they cancel one. <laughs> they never can just have two. Because Heroes came in right after Surface. Do you remember that show? Mm-mm. Yeah. Where what the was it about? From, it was about monsters from the deep coming. Oh, that sounds stupid. It was fun. I had a talking monkey in it in an episode for okay. no reason at all. <laughs> that sounds extra stupid. Oh, it was awesome. Because they would just, every now and then you're watching going, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then the guys, they'll talk about, yeah, we did some genetic experiments, and this time we made an Archaeopteryx. And they have a footage of, like, what? That's just a throwaway, like, and moving right along. Like, just looking through, like, the science lab, and there's, like, a monkey going, are you my mommy? <laughs> and then it tries to bite their face off and then they run off going what's going on but they never like follow up like if this show keeps doing this then I'm on board because every now and then they could see you just losing interest and here he comes Careful. all clear that's it heart rate stable if we don't use human DNA now someone else will regulators and politicians they tear us to pieces we can go to jail for this. Human cloning is illegal. This won't be human. Not entirely. We change the rules. Cross the line. What's the worst that could happen? Supplies. That movie looked so good, but it was so disappointing. I do like hot monster chicks. Yes, it was so bad. It looked like species. And it's weird, and Adrian Brody, what are you doing? The actress was so terrible, too. Wait, when the one playing the then monster? It sounds just like species, because that's exactly what happened in species, where she was just trying to make What's going on here, and then, oh, it was just weird. Jeans or something. It just never really went anywhere. So I have news related to that. 
apparently the director of Splice is going to be directing uh, an all-Canadian cast version of Neuromancer as well. Interesting. Neuromancer. Is that one of like, the old Burroughs? No, William Gibson. 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 But it's the cyberpunk stuff. Yeah, but he's going to be doing a movie adaptation. I never read cyberpunk. It's really? always bad on movie in movies though. What was it? didn't Johnny Mnemonic come from one of those? Yeah, that's also a William Gibson. Yeah. He <laughs> that actually one I might have to blow the dust off of and watch again. Apparently Gibson also wrote a few X Files episodes too. Apparently hmm. he's like a very good author, but not a very good screenwriter. Uh what, like Stephen King? Yeah. Stephen King yeah. is not a very good author. But he is he's a talented author though. I do enjoy reading Stephen King's work, but he is uh, he is as far as ideas are concerned a bit of a hack. He just recycles the same ideas over and over and over and no one notices. Well, the, the idea is he he takes some country bumpkin folk story and then he weaves it into this aliens or monsters invasion at the center <laughs> of which is a guy who has had a sibling killed and he is an alcoholic. And there's always some... That's every character. Every character. My brother died and I'm a recovering alcoholic. And usually I'm a writer. It's like a thinly veiled metaphor. <laughs> And for a horror fiction, and then it's like, and then the girl has sex with all the boys, just so they can get out of the tunnel. What, like, going what is going on, Stephen King? Why does this keep happening? What story is this? <laughs> Not getting any. It. It. It really? That happens in the book. It where they're little yes. kids. Aren't aren't they all like ten years old in that? How does that get them out of the tunnels? Uh, they reinforce their bonds <laughs> of trust between each other. <laughs> Usually, usually group sex does not reinforce a bond of trust. Like I said, at the time, he was oh, not Lord. getting any. Uh, he's just a, he depraved, is what it, that's what it is. His books are just not that scary, either. No, because he had some... Well, they're not scary. They're also really long. <laughs> he has some good ideas, but he, he milks them. And that, he does have a, a fun narrative style, and that's what really it, it all comes down to. But he will just write the I same book. I dislike his times. books the same for the same reason I dislike Dickens, who's also supposedly a great author. I, I don't like how you meet every character and you have to spend ten chapters talking about backstory before <laughs> so they come. So you feel in. like crap when I kill him, because <laughs> he turns right around and like, and then they just die. <laughs> Why did we invest so much in that guy? He doesn't even. I mean, that's all. Well, that would happens. you care more if you didn't know anything about this guy? That's why he does it, probably. I think if he's a throwaway character, then it doesn't matter anyway. That's true. I've always said that King was a cruel god because he does. He builds up his characters and then he just slaps them down. It's like, like for fun. Killed you. Yeah. You're <laughs> dead. You know that's not going to happen. God. Have you guys seen a movie called Peacock? By the way. No. On a completely unrelated subject. That's a pretty decent movie with Killian Murphy, where it's sort of like it? sort of like Psycho. It's sort of a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing, where he dresses oh. up in lady clothes. I have seen that. I did How'd see that. That was actually really good. It's <laughs> yeah, such a weird movie. Yeah, that, it was yeah, good. I, I enjoyed it. So and I then would we, yesterday that. we finally saw Pool too. Isn't that great? It is a good movie. I, it's 
very weird, though. I think their makeup's really good. Apparently, from what I'm reading, the books seem like they're even weirder. The books sound like Tony Robbins' books. Like, I'm like, these don't sound like they make any sense at all. Like, I bought two of them on Amazon, so hopefully I'll get a chance to read them soon. Because Pontypool Changes Everything is the second book of what is said to be a trilogy. And the first book just doesn't even sound like it makes sense. I'll come back with, uh, I'll try to read at least that first one. Because I, I was just reading about it on Amazon, I'm like that just doesn't. I mean, that sounds like something I really want to read, but don't know why, because it doesn't sound like anything that even makes sense as a story. And I wonder, is the blurb a joke? Like some random reviewer decided to. <laughs> yeah, are they just trying to get me interested in the book because it's working? Have you ever read uh, House of House of Leaves? That's another really good horror book. Is that written by the guy who's actually Poe's brother? Yes. We talked about this on the forum. Yes. It's really, not... really creepy. It's about... It, oh, that's just... another book that just doesn't make any sense because it's a book that uh, is basically an uh, anthology about a house that doesn't exist, a family that doesn't exist, and a movie that doesn't exist. But it's the creepiest thing that I've ever read, ever, I've ever read. And I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. Well, I should try to check that out. I'm kind of jonesing for some good horror novels. I'm going. I've gotten a little tired of horror movies because they're they're too repetitive right now. But I could read some horror. Let's see. In the hellmouths of Budley, there are always some murdered men and some gay men, a baby man, a sexy man, and a drunk man, an insane doctor, a wonderful doctor, twenty guys named Jesus, men who wonder about women and women who don't care, a lot of dogs. Some of them supernatural. More drunken dead men, a number of cranes, no herons, a real ninja turtle, a jail, a detox, a fire, and a suicide or two. An agoraphobic with crabs, a bunny messiah, women in ages, some children, and drugs and fried chicken. A very small town. That's like the description. I just like 20 guys named Jesus. That's a good band name. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I gotta read this. Makes no sense at all. It just so reminds like me of Spoon Rivers and uh, whatever that book is, Spoon Rivers Anthology, or where the the epitaphs are all poems, and they all tell a story about the character that lies in the grave. I've never heard of that, that. That sounds pretty awesome. It's like a classic American literature um, poetry. We're gonna have to start the back of the book section of the forum. It's starting to feel stupid. <laughs> yeah. I got to start reading again. This guy sounds a lot like Kilgore Trout, though. So in it, the the little the kids all have sex. <laughs> yes. That wasn't in the John Ritter movie, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I don't think so. It was on ABC. Pretty pretty sure I would have noticed that. Why would they cut that out of the movie? <laughs> yeah, really thousand pages in a book you know that's that's an integral scene for a four-hour miniseries it's sad that the only movie that of stephen king's that i like is the one that stephen king hated which was uh stanley kubrick's version of uh what, what, what was the shining yeah because he hated cause it's that actually one. that's because he doesn't know what's scary in movies like the shining is a scary movie like it's got some really good creepy scenes 
And the Shining version that Stephen King made was awful and ridiculous and wasn't at all. It was laughable. It, as, uh, that's how scary it wasn't. His movies are never good. Yeah, it's like he he has an inkling of what's scary in a book, but he has no concept of what's scary in a movie. Like Maximum Overdrive, he thought that was good. You know, he made he made that movie. I mean, but that's what's sad about it is as a miniseries, it's like a two-parter. And uh, in the first part, they're all little kids and they might meet the clown and you're like, oh my God, this is scary. But in the second part, they're all grown-ups, and this clown's, like, blowing up balloons of blood in their faces, and they're scared, and you're kind of like, you know, I think at this point they, they'd be a little – they might be a little bit more resilient to a clown who doesn't seem capable of physically hurting them, where they get, like, fortune cookies with eyeballs and stuff. I remember trying to watch The Stand, and that was unwatchable, too. I liked The Stand. I didn't like the ending of The Stand. I liked the – it had some good people in it. But I read Cell, which is one of his more recent books, and I thought it was fun. I could, I wish they'd make that a movie. What's that one about? It's, it's sort of like uh, the happening, where there's like a cell phone. There, there's a signal that goes over their cell phones, and it just makes people crazy. And it turns out to be like some kind of an invasion scenario thing. Same thing. Only other ones are about. <clears throat> it's like a weird zombie kind of story. So it was like Pontypool, essentially. Yeah, but Pontypool was way better. P- Pontypool was so good that when you found out what was going on and it was so stupid, but you still kind of thought, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Even though it was such a weird idea, you were still on board because they they sort of got you in there. You're like, okay, all right, well, tell me what, what now? This idea that language became scary. Well, that'd be interesting. Apparently some of the book is actually written from the perspective of the zombies. That would actually be very cool because, you know, it, like in Cell where they've, they've lost their minds but they're still kind of in there somewhere. That's what makes them even scarier in Pontypool because they're just kind of standing around staring at you. <laughs> like you don't know when you said the wrong thing. Oh, that was creepy. Yeah. The bit where she just ends. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's creepy. And the message goes out in French and says, do not translate. You know, somehow it's the English language that's triggered this bizarre response. Which means America's screwed. I like it's always, like, at the end of the (laughs) message it says, oh, also do not translate this message. It's like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Damn it. This is the kind of thing that goes at the top. You can blame that girl for that. She was the one that sent that. It is. <laughs> She's fired. <laughs> like I got to do a read through. That's like the Monty Python skit about the uh, the funniest joke ever made. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't hear the joke, but yeah, right, it's right. Well, it was about a joke. It's so funny it kills people. But <laughs> 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 well, during the course of it, they're like, there's like they have a guy that apparently knows the whole joke and lives to tell the tale, but the Germans are torturing him, and finally he tells the joke and kills everybody. <laughs> Maybe he only knows it in German. There's an episode of The Twilight Zone, not the original, but the when the CBS remake came out, they did the second episode, and it was kind of neat where there was something going around where and I, it was an idea, like the secret of the world, and people were telling each other, and it was so simple that it would just make you insane. 
and that's how it was spreading. Someone would come up 42. and just tell you this. Hey, and, that's what and, I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> like something completely. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like it was so simple that it, it just made them crazy. I don't think that would work, though. I don't think if you told someone the meaning of life, if they didn't like it, they'd just not believe it. The brain has defense mechanisms against mm-hmm. these things. Well, that's true. That's why people are generally stupid. Term but, is ignorant, not stupid. But uh, the idea of this is it's more like – I like the idea of it because it's like a key. It's like this breaks through all of that. This – you'll get this. And you, when you get it, you'll realize that it's so unbelievably simple that you'll just snap. That's a neat idea. Actually, there's a moment. There's a moment a bit like that in um, Being Human. Right near the end, where they decide to get revenge on her ex-fiancé who killed her. And she basically just walks up and whispers something in his ear. And we don't hear what she whispers. And they ask later, what did you say? And she said, I told him something only dead people know. And he just goes completely mad after it. But we never know what she says, and that's good. I have a, I have a bad feeling about this American version. I don't know. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel's been running the promos for the, the American version of that show, and I'm not. The wild man, the wild lady man. killer, and the free spirit. Yeah. It's just so lame already. It looks like a bad retread of it. Because I liked it. The BBC show was really good. I don't know. I didn't really like Hex so much. I didn't watch that one. I I tried watching a few episodes and then I just kind of gave up. It's like, this is too hokey. I'm getting that way with Primeval. Primeval in the first couple of years I thought was really fun. And they've gotten to the point they keep they've got too much turnover in their cast. Too many conspiracies. What's primeval? Primeval's the one where they're chasing dinosaurs around <laughs> in modern day. <laughs> so Land of the Lost? Well, what it is is like these wormholes open up and, and some kind of dinosaur. Sometimes it's weird things from the future. It's Sounds not necessarily. Like <laughs> yeah, it is like sliders because they'll end up going through one of these wormholes by accident. Like this whole season begins with two of them having been trapped in the Cretaceous period for like a year. And they finally come back. And one of the guys Woo. got trapped in prehistoric times, and he didn't come back at all. They lose a lot of characters. But it's a kind of fun show. I wonder if they saw that the T-Rex is actually covered in feathers. <laughs> That's a T-Rex. That. All my favorite dinosaurs as a, as a child are now being ruined in adulthood. <laughs> yeah, really. It's so sad. Now it just looks like a big parrot. Like it's not scary. I know it could kill me. I know it's just as dangerous, but it looks a little it's like frilly. oh, you look soft and fluffy. Yeah, I'm gonna really. pet you. You look like you belong <laughs> on a big pirate's shoulder. Die <laughs> <I> pirate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got uh, we got no topic. Hmm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. <laughs> I saw Green Hornet over the weekend. Yeah. I'm hearing good things. Is it funny? Oh, you did? It was decent. It was all right. Not fantastic, but it was oh, okay. I feared it being all right. Seth Rogen's all right. I liked the guy who played Kato. Apparently, he's some sort of rap star in Korea or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's becoming kind of evident that that guy is the star of the movie. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, of course, Seth Rogen's a star, but he's the breakout. Um, well, that's an unfortunate because uh, I do appreciate the idea of Seth Rogen doing a superhero movie. I didn't foresee that being a big breakout hit. No. But, but and I uh, didn't realize that Christoph Waltz was in it too. I love that guy. Ever since I've I saw Inglorious Bastards, he's like amazing. 
He's a guy who plays uh, the German. He in? The German. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he just in something else recently? He's in Water for Elephants, but that hasn't come out yet. Yeah, what I was thinking. Of. I saw the dilemma this weekend. Is that funny? That looks not uh, good. Doesn't look funny. It's, ac- it's actually a little bit deeper than than what they kind of are marketing it yeah, as. That's Ron know. Howard, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he it gets a, it gets a, a little bit more serious than what you'd expect. I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of funny moments in it, but uh, but it's a. Uh, he always know, wants them to be heartfelt. He always want like yeah. parenthood. He's got to get into the, you know. He can never just make a movie. Well, that's yeah. That's that's a good way of saying it because that's kind of what it is. You you go into it expecting one thing, and and it has you know the comedic parts of it, but it ends up getting to be a much deeper subject. And um, he needs to learn from Arrested Development. I'm sure, it's just plain <laughs> funny. Wait, did he do Arrested Development? He worked on it. He was the narrator of it, but it was his company that made the show. So he's probably the producer, executive like producer or something. Yeah, I don't think he was a writer or director on it. We just started watching season two. So funny. It's, it's so funny. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything recently about whether or not there's a movie coming out for that or not. They talked about it forever. I heard Michael Sarah doesn't want to do it. Signed. But the last I heard, they said they signed him. Oh, I don't know. Which that. I think is kind of that show made him. Yeah. So he needs to suck it up. He plays that character in every movie. What is what's his fear? He's just they'll figure it out. <laughs> and a natural that character as a, in an movie. awkward boy. That's just him. Well, yeah, but it's funny. But you can get by with that. Yeah, John, there's John lots made of comedy of actors do guy. that. You know, Julie that's true of a lot of comedy actors. I mean, if you're funny, you know, you don't have to branch out and cross over and become a great dramatic actor. If you can make people laugh, that's that's a good thing. You never saw Sullivan's Travels? Come on. What? Nobody yeah, I never did. saw that either. <laughs> no. It's a good movie. It's a little, it's an older movie, but that's that's a good one for you kids to go back. Or that's good homework for, for you people listening. Watch Sullivan's Travels. It's on Netflix. Last Saturday, I was at the theater to watch Metropolis. You can't go far <laughs> enough back. It has to be pretentious also, Lynn. Metropolis is a great old, movie. Old and pretentious, that's Sean. They don't you know. They don't break out all the movies. Like Casablanca? <laughs> I don't think I'd like to see... Ca- I mean, I would watch Casablanca, but I don't think I'd like to see that as much as some movies. I'd rather see the Maltese Falcon if they were going to play an older movie. I love Casablanca. It's, it's a good movie. Ever. I it's think- not as good as the Maltese Falcon, though. I think I would like it more if I had watched it at like in a film class with a teacher that it kind of explained why it was so important. Because during the entire movie, I'm I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> why am I watching this? I don't understand what's going on. Now, well, now I agree with you about that. I, you know, I watched it when I was 22 and didn't think it was much, but then I watched it later and I'm more familiar with the context in which they're behaving about you know World War Two and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it makes a lot more sense. I think Bogart just sells better. it. I think um, in most cases Bogart just sells it because uh, th- that's a great character for him in in a lot of movies. Is that kind of character? You know, he created that sort of antihero, that sort of tough guy, and he's that in the Maltese Falcon. And another good one is a if if you ever see To Have and Have Not, because <clears throat> that one. The, the the ones with him and Lauren Bacall are the better movies. That's the problem with Casablanca. Is like I don't care about him and Bergman, but 
but he's Ingrid Bergman. He's God, even Bacall. He's evenly matched <laughs> with with <laughs> Lauren Bacall. Like it's it's fun to watch those two go at it, you know, because she's sassy and she's such a perfect like noir dame, you know. Chasing the skirts. You know how it goes. <laughs> Casablanca does have that good those the good series of lines where where it's like where were you last night? It's like that's too long ago for me to remember. It's like what are you doing tonight? Too far ahead for me to make plans. <laughs> What's your nationality? I'm a drunkard. <laughs> <laughs> There's it is a good movie. It's a movie that's held back a little bit. It's sort of like Hamlet, where so many of the lines have become famous that it's very difficult to watch them in context. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a quoted movie that you're not really getting the movie as it happens. Because all of these are just and and like and Hamlet's like that too. There's just so many lines. When you finally, if if you do ever just sit and watch the play, you're like, oh wow, this is this is awesome. This is this is a brilliant work of fiction. Have you seen the uh, the BBC version of Hamlet with uh, Patrick Stewart and David Tennant? No. So David Tennant is Hamlet? Yep. David Tennant is Hamlet. Patrick Stewart plays the king. And the, I think there's a few other famous British actors and actresses, but none that I recognize by name. But it was really well done. It's like a mixture of uh, modern times and, uh, I guess, uh, ancient times, but very similar to what Julie Taymor did with uh, Titus. But it was really well done. Hmm. I'd have to watch that. Didn't she I'd also? Didn't she also do the Tempest? Is that the? She did do the Tempest, and she did the and Lion I... King too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I've seen the Lion King. I haven't seen. The Lion King is a very poor adaptation of, of Shakespeare, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> But uh, but I'd like to see the Tempest. It looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. I get. It's hard. I'd like to see a good version of Hamlet because I actually liked the Mel Gibson version of Hamlet. I thought that was good. I watched the Kenneth Branagh and I thought, oh, just too showy, missing the point. He makes heroes out of all of Shakespeare's characters. It's like he never that, gets it. That's the one set in Nazi Germany, right? I thought that was no, Richard the Third. We don't know what we're saying. Well, it's it's funny if you watch. I actually, I'm starting to think that Kenneth Branagh is his character from the second Harry Potter movie. Like he's actually that guy. (laughs) Like we tell all these stories, but didn't really do these things. And well, and just so full of himself, he never understands the concept of what they're saying. Like the like the context of the work. Even Henry V, he's like, you know, making it this historic, you know, it's a heroic kind of thing. But yes, we have talked about that before. I would like to see As You Like It. That's my favorite Shakespeare comedy. As You Like It? Have you seen that one? Yeah. The one that he did on HBO? They oh, there's a HBO. movie? Oh, yeah. And it's very weird because it mixes elements of like feudal Japan and all this. It creates this Netflix sort of almost right fantasy now. world that it takes place in. But it's it's very beautiful. And that is a great play that, that I don't know has ever been made in a movie before that. But a lot of good people are in that also. Shakespeare's getting to the point where he's like comic books. Like, this is the reason I liked The Cape, where it's like, I'm glad they're not trying to reinvent superheroes. They kept it down to the, the simplest ideas. Like, I'm The Cape. <laughs> like, good. Nice superhero name. <laughs> don't don't go too far. I find a bad guy named Chess. He has a henchman named Scales. I live in Palm City. You know, good. Like, let's not overthink this. <laughs> like, in any way. 
But in a way, I appreciate that because there's so many people out there trying to reinvent the genre that no one is out there actually using the conventions of the genre. And I feel like Shakespeare's gotten that. It's like, you don't have to sexy it up all the time. Some classical productions of Shakespeare would be warranted at this point because no one's seen the actual productions now. Everyone tries to be flashy and do something different. That's true. I remember my English teacher hated the uh, Baz Luhrmann version of Romeo and Juliet. Because <laughs> it's awful. I, I like Baz, Baz Luhrmann, Luhrmann, though. <laughs> I do, but too. But it's so, like, Tarantino, and they're jumping around, and they're freeze-framing with titles, and, like, they have, like, these, these fancy... Shakespeare with guns never works, by the way. That's part of the problem. I've said it before. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Baz Luhrmann is a very beautiful director, visually... But I think he's much better suited to something like Moulin Rouge. Why does Shakespeare not work with guns? I mean, I have my own theory as to why that would be, but tell me why. I think why it you, just takes think it so? out of the, the story. Hamlet specifically doesn't work with guns. The Ethan Hawke one had guns, mostly because poison is such an important metaphor in the story. And when they are shooting each other, they get rid of the poison. And you're like, you missed it. Yeah. yeah poison in the, um... actually matters. Do they have guns in the David Tennant version? No, they don't. They they use actual swords. See, I appreciate that. Yeah. They tried in the Romeo and Juliet to equate swords with guns because they kept the original dialogue, so they're referring to their guns as swords and stuff, but it's just... Yeah, they called their, they called their gun a long sword. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but it doesn't really work. There's a, there's a sort of choreography to the sword fight that matters. It's like two guys having a fencing match where they're also trading words makes sense. But two guys shooting guns at each other, first of all, guns are noisy. And second, the gunfights tend to be short. <laughs> so you don't, there isn't, Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of choreography <laughs> of guys jumping around, trading words while shooting at each other, unless they just suck at it. But it, it, to me, it's a very difficult sell to put guns in Shakespeare. I don't mind modernizing. Midsummer Night's Dream was not modern, but it was moved forward into like the 1700s or something where they're all on bicycles and stuff but it was a very pretty movie and it, was, and it had a lot of great people I don't like Callista Flockhart I don't mind them moving the times around Did but you, you have to be careful oh go ahead no it's done <laughs> did you see the version of uh, oh gosh what's that that one about the Jew and the seven pounds of flesh oh uh yeah, I saw that one. It's done with Al Pacino. Don't remember what the name is. Twelfth Night? No, that's not that one. Um, I'm blanking on the well name then. right now. I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> the generic names. It's really hard to tell uh, what they're. Taming? No. <laughs> Merchant of Venice. Oh gosh, I can't. Did you almost? Did you almost call it the Taming of the Jew? Taming of the Jew. That's great. <laughs> Did that almost happen? <laughs> I don't think that happened. Send your email to sean at tvamedina.com. That's what I call it, the Taming of the Jew. Merchant of Venice, that's what it was. That's the one. Yes, I saw that one. It was that's quite what good. That's what it was. It was very good. It's Merchant of Venice. I, did, I said that. Did you say that? <laughs> I didn't I hear it. I wasn't paying attention to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go to the playbook. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a very strange conversation. Well, I only brought up The Lion King because I remember there was discussion on the board about the Spider-Man musical, and people are doubting her on uh, the success of the Spider-Man musical, but people have to also remember that she did The Lion King, which is like now the largest grossing Broadway yeah. play ever. 
Well, the spectacle of Spider-Man, you can definitely, you can definitely it's, get behind. It's the spectacular Spider-Man. So, well, it sounds like there are a lot of very big technical challenges that they're trying to overcome with that. They're hurting actors, that. and it's make, it's selling, and it's filling the seats. Monster truck. People are going there to see people get smashed. Has, has it? Has it opened yet? It hasn't even they, opened they've yet. They've done some test runs. Yeah, they've I think. done test runs that haven't gone well. It's the, and they've hurt people in in the earlies. But it's it's every seat. I mean, it's sold out already. Because people. It's just, interesting to me that they that they do Broadway plays based on movies. Well, they did Legally think, Blonde into a movie. I don't understand that one. Yeah, I think anything get, gets made into a play these days. Spider Man. Well, well, they seems did Lord like of the strange. Rings too. I mean, apparently, Lord of the Rings. Really? They, I mean, I know, you know they did a, a play. I don't know if it was a you Broadway play. You know how you play. could do Lord of the Rings? It, did, it didn't last very long. There's so many songs in Tolkien. You could do a, you could do a musical based on the works of Tolkien, and it could be a very beautiful show. Spider Man the musical seems like a stupid idea. Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a Spider Man. <laughs> Conan, they keep bringing him in, <laughs> doing fake scenes for Spider Man, <laughs> just guys in tights singing and stuff, and it's so horrible. Well, I know they like invented a, a character only for the broad, Broadway play, like Arachne or something like that. That's not in the comics, but they decided to invent a whole new character, and she's only she's in one scene. On lady. Yeah, the Spider Lady. <laughs> that don't sound like that's not a good idea. I know, he fights the diva. Like the whole villain, all the villains are based on like the Phantom of the Opera. Or, the movies or the uh which i just recently got through the phantom of the opera and I, it was very strange compared to the the movies the 1920s were movies or no the actual book but well all of the movies that have been made based on the phantom of the opera mm-hmm. including the plays mm-hmm. but it's it's hard yeah, to get through because it's it's really I've seen the play. It's I mean, really kind of boring at first, back. where they're just talking about stupid stuff and all that for a long time. That's something I learned when we went to see the the Metropolis. Is apparently this is a restored version, and there's like so much of the movie was missing for years, and they found like this print in Brazil. Yeah, and they just recently made this new print, and that's what yeah, because they did an original version, and then they just edited it for the theatrical release because they didn't like it or something like that. And they cut out most of the storyline and everything. This one's fun because the dialogue is even restored from the original script, where the you know the German censors had changed the 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 dialogue too. So they did their best. They even put in plates where there's still footage missing that no one can account for to explain the story elements that don't make sense because of the missing scenes. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that, but I've got it on DVD. It was pretty fun. I wouldn't mind. I I've just got the crap dollar store version of it, but I wouldn't mind getting, if getting a DVD of this one. It's something I wouldn't mind seeing remade. I'm a very big fan of remaking it, not just because I think that there's a lot that you could update in the movie, but also there's a lot of the book that doesn't make it into this movie. Like this is. You I know, think. I mean, there has been talk of that, but it's kind of one of those development hell projects. Well, isn't it? if it's, if the right people don't do it, and they probably won't, yeah. then it turns into the day the earth stood still. Yeah. Oh, I that saw that bad. one the other day. Oh, oh my god, it's awful. I'm glad we're finally agreeing about it. Oh, canoe. Oh yeah, I'm glad we yeah we all came together. That's that's the beauty of movies like that is that they can they can unite a group. 
The thing, the thing that kills me about that movie, and I don't want to talk about it for too long, but it's they had a great opportunity to do a really cool sequel if they wanted Dude, to. We and did, just we did a show up. saying movies they should remake, yeah. and that was one of them. I was yeah. on board with the idea of remaking it. I, I would have liked to see a sequel, like you know where Klaatu comes back after he's full you know, revenge. You have not learned well, anything. Well, I mean, <laughs> right. Well, really? I mean, he, yeah, he, he gives him a warning back in the fifties, so and he comes back now, time. and you guys haven't you haven't straightened up? Well, okay, I told, I warned you. Yeah, really. Here it comes. <laughs> now it's time for Clat to do some damage. We don't necessarily yeah. have to be that we haven't learned anything. I mean, and we haven't it, done Gort. anything in outer space lately. <laughs> I don't see why they'd come back and hurt us at all. Why? Yeah, why does that have to be the sequel? Maybe it'll come back and yell at us for blowing up the moon. This is what I like about the original versus the remake. The remake is so self-centered because the only reason they care in this in the original, the only reason they care is that we have developed a level of technology that we might actually go to space. That's all. But in the remake, they actually care about the Earth itself and what we're doing to it. They're like, you guys are missing the point completely. <laughs> yeah. But that goes without saying. If you've seen the movie, they, they, they didn't hit... It's funny how much of the framework of the story they could keep and miss all of the point. It's sort of like the Clash of the Titans remake. It's like, wow, if I put this on mute, it looks so much like the original. But if I turn the sound on, it's completely different. Yeah, it is. They just sort of changed the story arbitrarily. It was awful. Oh, God, they're like, how could we make this suck? They're like, I like where you're going with this, but it really doesn't suck. But I saw the John Wayne version of True Grit this weekend, too. That's a good movie. Yeah, you should do a western show. Well, I'm getting prepared for going to see the Jeff Bridges. I'm going to try to Jeff see the, that remake this week. I'm a, a big, I'm a big fan of this. I think it's going to be good. It was good. I actually thought it was going to be a lot darker, though. The oh, trailer really? seems so like depressing and dark and good. Because I'm glad a lot to hear you say in that. The film. Look, the Coen Brothers are so hmm. funny. Like, it's hard. Even in No Country for Old Men, you could tell they were wanting to work some <laughs> some funny moments in. Well, I mean, to, to watch the original, I can actually see why the Coen brothers want to, wanted to remake this movie. Because there is a lot of comedic elements in the original. It's it's like a good com- combination of, of comedy with just enough gory grit to kind of, you know, that, that, would, that goes along well with what the Coen brothers normally do. And... Uh, and so yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I think it'll be a good movie. I kind of hate to see them doing adaptations or remakes, but given their current track record of their original movies, I guess you know this is probably for the best. The way they explained it is that they said that uh, it's not necessarily a remake, but they're just going back to the original book and doing a re-adaptation of that. Because well, every- I, I can appreciate that if there's another source material before the movie, but. I still see some sensibilities in the, the the visual that seem to, I don't know, they recognize that the, that this is a John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the Willy Wonka thing when Tim Burton was like, "We're gonna just make a movie of of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory." Like, you maybe, but still, I can. There's a Willy Wonka sensibility here. <clears throat> so, Tim Burton needs to. Take a break from movies. I'll let him do it. I don't <laughs> care. I don't have to watch him. 
Johnny to take a break from Tim Burton. No, Seriously? Let them go, go together. They're on the same boat. It's headed in the same direction. There's no reason they should go separately. Like, at least they've got each other. This has been TV8 My Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dog crazy.